She's like, I see your heart in this publication. And I think your heart is home. And I think you're a little afraid to push it further into that because maybe you're worried it won't, you know, hit a mark somewhere or something. But she's like, I think you need to go in the direction that I feel it pulling anyway, which I assume is your heart. And she was right. So I'm, you know, crying on the phone with this woman from anthropology who I've never met. And I took her advice and went back to the drawing board, did a second version. And not that anthropology is the be all end all, but that was a, that was a goal to hit and we hit it. And I was, I was proud of that. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I am your host, Molly Stillman, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, business leader, community activist, author, speaker, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you, the listener, that no matter what you do, you can make an impact. My guest this week is Liz Bell Young. She is an author, experienced designer, and creative director in Cincinnati, Ohio. With lots of elbow grease and coloring slightly outside the lines, Liz has become a senior contributing writer for Magnolia, Artifact Uprising, and Procter & Gamble. Liz created her own print publication with friends, Haven Magazine, distributed by over 80 anthropology stores. She then co-designed a camping retreat for 2,000 women every year in rural Ohio. She's an MFA graduate of the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and University of Cincinnati, where Liz blends the worlds of design, installations, language, and emotion in all the projects she can get her hands on. Liz, her husband, and three children are currently building a home and guest space while Liz writes a book about the creative process of building havens. I was so excited to have Liz on the show. We have a mutual friend and agent in common in Joy Egridge Reed. And I, you know, I just really like to interview people that have like three names, you know, Liz Bell Young, Joy Egridge Reed. In any event, I love Liz so much. She is so funny. She's really wise. And we had a really, really fun conversation. And it was funny at the end of the recording, she had even said, I didn't even feel like I was on a podcast. I just felt like I was hanging out with somebody that I knew for a really long time. And I said, well, that's the goal. So I hope that you just take the opportunity to sit back, relax, and feel like you're hanging out with two friends and enjoy my conversation with Liz Bell Young. I'm really excited in particular for this episode because I'm just going to recap the the fiasco to get to (laughs) this point because I just feel like for so often we listen to podcasts and we just think that everything is great. <laughs> and <laughs> everything and that everything just works when you turn it on. But no, my sweet guest Liz Bell Young has been so patient and we're starting like almost 30 minutes after we were supposed to because yours truly uh was having some serious technological uh issues today. It took me nearly 30 minutes to do something as simple as restarting my computer. So <laughs> but we are here. We're Liz, here. We are ready. And I'm so excited about this. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Molly. Thank you. So you and I got connected because we have the same literary agent uh, in Joy Egg Retreat. And for some of my listeners, they're probably like, how many of Joy's 
how many people are represented by joy? It, like, it seems like you've had a lot of them on. Not actually that many, but uh, I do. I, I do have quite a few uh, people that I've had on recently that we both that we share an agent. And part of that is yeah. just because I'm she represents really cool people. And I'm just giving us uh, ex- yeah. extra cool, cool points or something like that. Self-congratulatory. Yes. But she's amazing. She is amazing. She is amazing. Um, and so I, you know, I when I get to talk with somebody that I mean, we've never met prior to 29 minutes ago when I started when I texted you and was like, Hey, gonna be a few minutes late. Um, you know, I, I feel like when you get the the opportunity to meet somebody and you have that commonality, like they're that person in common, you're just like, all right, I think we're cool. Like we're automatically it gives us street cred. <laughs> I know. I know. It's the kindred spirit vibe. And exactly. it's, it's really comforting. It's it good. is. It is. Okay. So let's dive right in. Uh, give us the Liz Bell Young 101, who you are, <laughs> what you do, and tell us how you got to where you are today. Oh, sure. Yep. Liz Bell Young. Very simple. One syllable <laughs> at a time. Actually, I am an Elizabeth, but I had such a hard time saying that as a kid that I just gave up and went with Liz forever and ever. Hey, man. Um, So I live in Cincinnati, Ohio with my husband, Ryan, and we have three kids and a turtle who apparently is going to outlive all of us. I was just told (laughs) Um, (laughs) we have a lot of family in Cincinnati, which is why we're here. Two of my sisters are actually our neighbors right now. Um, And so family is a huge part integrated into every day of our lives. We did actually live in another country for four years. So my husband was in the military and we lived overseas. The army sent us to Italy, which was wildly lucky. I don't think I can promise that for every army family out there, but we we did luck out. um, And so we stayed there for a few years and then moved along to Chicago when I went back to school to become a writer. And then we circled back to Cincinnati after that. So I'm a creative writer and I design experiences. Um, I worked for a big church for about 11 years and kind of got to, you know, spread my wings there and train and really get into the whole world of three-dimensional creative experiences, which I loved so much. Um, And now I'm just full-time freelance. Well, not really full-time because it's part-time but I am a full-time freelancer. <laughs> um, and what else? I'm, I'm working on a book too, like you, Molly. Yes. And yep. I drive a van. I'm pretty darn tall. And I noticed I have one fingernail painted. So I have nine more to go, but it's just, you know, it's been a week. <laughs> So wow, okay. There's obviously a lot I want to unpack, um, but I need to unpack first the elephant in the room, and that is like, did you start painting your nails at one, and then you just like gave up? You just you just said this is too much. I can't. It, well, it just got distracted. You know, I mean, <laughs> young children, and uh, and I can't find that color anywhere, and I loved that color, and so I just gave up. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Uh, I think that should be your thing. Like from now (laughs) on, you're just (laughs) one painted nail and everybody goes like, is this like, is this a creative choice? And you just say, yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's probably pretty representative actually. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. So you went back to school for writing. I want to talk about that because I, so I, my undergraduate degree, I went a very, you know, 
route, a common route that most people go. And that is, I went to school, a musical theater major and wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. And yes. then I changed majors to oh. creative writing. So that's what everybody does, right? Uh, so um, I, you know, I went to school also for, for creative writing, even though that wasn't what I had originally planned. Um, what made that. you make the choice to go back to school for writing? What is your, and, and like, because I, I like logistics questions, like what is your degree actually in like is it just yeah. went back to Lizbell Young went back to school for writing and here's a paper <laughs> that proves that like what does it say <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah no it's actually so I started in social work that was my oh, wow. undergrad and I did that okay so even though I always wanted to be a writer you know little women Joe in the attic always had that dream let me be a novelist um, I, I think when I was, you know, late in my teen years, I just thought, you know what, I, that could be a pretty lonely life. I might get depressed. I'm a little, um, a little worried. It could be feel too selfish or inward for me. And so I thought, well, social work will be the way to help take care of people in this world. And so I did that. It was great, great undergrad. Then we moved overseas. And so that put a pause on everything because that was right out of the gates. We, you know, graduated, got quickly married and then moved to a different country. While I was there, I recognized, well, one, I, you know, with the military, you can't work on the economy. So my job yeah. options were pretty limited. Um, I worked in a laundromat. That was exciting. I actually loved pushing those buttons. Um, I love it. Swing the clothes around. It's exciting. Um, did a lot of just random jobs trying to figure stuff out. But I could never shake this desire that I really wanted to be a writer and a professional writer and train in it. And so when we, when we wrapped up uh, his tour there, that's when I decided to go to grad school. And so the, the writing, I started at the school, the Art Institute of Chicago, and mm. they have this really great multidisciplinary program. So like while I was working on getting my master's in writing, I was also getting to draw and create installations and do that sort of work at the same time, which I think is always good when you can can do that. I mean, you did the theater writing combo, you know, so you, you know, kind of what I'm talking about there. Um, yeah. And so, and yeah, so, so that's how it, it actually, so the paper does say I have a degree. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a master's in fine arts and creative writing. So, well, I love that because I, again, I just, I, I, I'm always very curious and I like to just say I am nosy. And so I, I think that's why I started a podcast. So I can just ask people questions. And even if it's just like, I want to know the logistics behind your, your degrees. Yeah. Um, okay. So the other thing that you said that I was like, okay, I need to know more about this and explain this to me. So this idea of creating 3d creative experiences. Yeah. What does explain that to me? Like I'm five, <laughs> <laughs> like talk, walk um, me through that. Give me some examples. What does that, because it sounds awesome. And I also don't know what it is. <laughs> well, oh, and I just, I, I don't know. I think I just made that up on the fly. No, I love so it. It's not the official thing. I um, love it. But no, it's now official and I love it. That's why I'm like, okay, this is now just like your one painted fingernail. This is now your official thing. And I love it so much. And I just, but I'm like, paint this for me because I'm a, I'm a, a you know, a, what's the, I have a mind's eye. What's the word for that? When you have like a mind's eye, you, you see things in your brain. Oh, I don't know. Wise, brilliant. I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, yes. Thank you. Yes, I have received that. Very good, though. <laughs> I received that. Okay, sorry. Continue. Continue. So, you know, as a writer, like you, you write to create worlds, even if it's nonfiction. Right. So I don't just mean like the novel, right? And so I even like as a little kid, I was very interested in building little worlds. So whether that was, you know, in the woods, in a tree, mm-hmm. um, building a little pretend airplane, like things like that. I was always trying to build like little experiences. And I loved to bring, um, bring sisters or (laughs) stuffed animals or, you know, now adults into those experiences. And so getting to combine like writing with like this experiential work, Mm -hmm. I think has been so energizing to me because um, even though I'm very satisfied with writing, just words on a page will always make me delighted. But when those words can then come into, you know, either like, like for instance, and I can talk more about this at some point, but like um, some friends and I designed a camping experience for women. So now you have words on signs, you have words that are coming up in the little guide that they have in their pocket. Um, the words that they hear. So all of it was sort of this integration of like writing with um, environment and atmosphere and music or video, you know, whatever those elements are. Yeah, I think that's just fascinating. And um, while you were talking, the term actually came to me, uh, the people who are unable to see I guess it's just like, you know, there's people that have a mind's eye, like you're able to visualize and create events in your brain but then there's like a group of the population it's a it's a very small percentage but it's called aphantasia i think i say it right um but it's basically people who are like unable to visualize any type of image in their head so like when they read a book they can't see the characters they can't see the you know the setting or or the scenery or anything like that none of that is in there or like they can't even uh, picture what their friend looks like in their brain. Um, it's really fascinating. And, but I didn't even know that this was a thing that existed, um, because then there's like another end of the spectrum. And this is the one that I can't remember the term for it, but there's people who like, you know, you have a mind's eye and then there's people who like are really on the other, who have like a super vivid mind's eye, um, and are able to like create and almost like live in entire worlds in their brain. Um, and that is me. And it's really, it sounds for people listening to like, Molly, are you okay? Yeah. I'm not alone. Other people are like this too, but I can, you know, just very vividly create when I read a novel or when I read a story or what I, you know, when I listen to somebody or just even as you were talking, like I, I visualize those things. And it sounds like kind of woo woo. And I'm like, no, I promise. It's just like what's happening in my brain. (laughs) Yes. No, I love that. I love that. That's how you are. I'm curious, like, do you where on that spectrum do you fall? Do you just kind of like see things in your mind? Or do you create like super vivid worlds? I probably pretty vivid. But I've also um, I don't think I'm quite as fantastic as you are in that. (laughs) I think for me, a lot of times I'm like, I do a lot of sketching and drawing and writing things down. Like that's Mm. how I process. Um, and I just meet even like in the daily way, like if I'm going to get through my day, well, like I I'm drawing like a circle to remind me where to go or a word or, you know, things Mm. like that. Um, 
I can't draw. So you you have that on me. I love it. Well, I don't mean I draw well. I just draw. (laughs) I'm like, I can draw a stick figure with hair. And so, and it's great. Um, I can put some stick figure shoes on. Um, Fascinating. I, oh my gosh, I love that. The other thing that you and I have in common, and as you were speaking, so much of what you were kind of illustrating for us is what you know, what you were like, kind of even as a kid, I was very similar, like I would create these, and I called them lands. So you called them tiny worlds, like I called them lands. And so I remember so vividly, this is one of those like super vivid mind's eye memories I have was for my eighth birthday, my dad had decorated you know, our living room and just had blown up a ton of balloons. And there were, uh, they were helium balloons. And so they were all over the ceiling of our living room and they had, you know, the strings of the balloons hand, um, coming down and they were all over our living room. And I remember walking in and there was something about it that made me feel like I was in Narnia. And I just walked in and I was like, daddy, it's a land. And my dad just, it cracked him up because I, he'd never heard me say out loud, like the things that I, I was like, it's, I felt like he was creating in real life. The things that I was creating in my mind, um, was this idea. It's a, it's a land. And, um, so I have so many like little memories like that throughout my childhood where I would, yeah, I would create these little worlds. And then again, I think that's maybe why I was drawn to theater and um, acting and comedy yes. and writing, because since I can't draw, <laughs> so I since I couldn't be an actual artist, even though I had like l- dreams, I was like, maybe I can paint. I cannot. <laughs> God did not gift me with that. Um, I could hopefully create those worlds in you know, through words or through yes. acting or through, um, you know, even writing song lyrics, whatever it was like, yeah, hopefully trying to paint the, the pictures with words for people, whether it was the words I was saying out loud or the words, um, I was writing on a paper. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I love like, even just, you know, your dad in that story, And, you know, just having somebody who wants to like create and step into those lands with you. Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to do as creatives, or I know how much I care about that. I mean, I'm not, it it can't just be for yourself. Um, It gets really old, really fast. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, I, I was saying how I started in social work. Well, I realized, you know, after going back into writing, I'm like, no, writing can be social work too. Mm-hmm. Like writing can help heal people or yes. calm people or bring them to a new place. And so, yeah, anyway. Oh, it, that is, that is around. so good. You are so right. And I don't think I've ever really thought of it like that where, but think about, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, as a writer, some writers are also avid readers. Are you an avid reader in addition to being an avid writer? Yes. Okay. Same. It's funny though, because I do know some people who like love to write and don't love to read, which I think is always interesting. But yes, I mean, how many times have you read a book or recommended a book to somebody and you're like, this book changed my life or this book shifted my perspective on, you know, X, Y, Z, or, um, I mean, I will never forget like the first true. So my favorite genre of reading is memoir. Um, and I love just somebody who can write memoir really well. And then now I'm writing a memoir and I am grossly underqualified and very, very intimidated about this because it's my favorite genre. And so now I'm just like, 
in you my put the pressure on. Yes, yes, it is. I'm totally in my own head about this. Um, but I I love memoir and I will never forget like the first memoir that I would say like made me fall in love with the genre and um influenced me was uh The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Oh my goodness. Incredible. I, yes, it's incredible. Um the movie did not do it justice at all. <laughs> um yeah, I didn't watch it, but but the book. Yes, the book. The book. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you're like, well I saw the movie but I didn't read the book. And I I hate to be like one of those the book was better than the movie, but the book was so much better than the movie. <laughs> um it just it it really transformed uh, my perspective on a lot of things, but just in general, I it made me fall in love with that genre. And so I just think about how her words impacted me and, you know, made Absolutely. me think maybe someday I can write something like that, even though it will be nowhere near that. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I don't know if you're giving yourself enough credit. I can't wait to read what you write. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I, yeah. It could be like two years from now before it comes out. You never know. That's okay. but, but hey, I'm in, you know, I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the depths of it. Okay. So I, oh man, I love this conversation so much. Okay. So I also want to talk about, so you said you, you worked at a church and you did writing for, so what did you do there? Cause I love when I hear people say how they've used their unique giftings in uh, a ministry setting, because so often people think like if they have, especially in the creative space, if it's not music, they think, well, I can't use my gifts, you know, for the glory of God, or I can't use my gifts for yeah. to build kingdom work. And I remember uh, a couple of months ago, I had Scott Erickson on the show. If you, yes. if you know Scott, love Scott, also yes. a brilliant writer. But I remember he told me how he used to be on staff at a church and he would paint while the preacher was preaching. And so every Sunday oh. he would like live paint Oh my god. What the what the sermon was about and I just was like that is amazing. Uh because again it's such a it's so unique. Um and by the end of the sermon he would have a painting that sort of represented what the sermon was about. And I oh thought that was Lord. so so powerful and such a cool and unique way to exercise a, a gifting like that um for the glory of God. Um so I would love like share with us like what what was it you were doing um on staff at this church in writing and um I'm just again I'm I'm nosy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I did not have any intention of actually using writing for ministry. Like I didn't think I would work for a church. It was a shocker. Not because I didn't love the Lord, <laughs> but just because I thought I would graduate with this degree and, you know, be a professor or and write books in my yeah. corner, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but we, it was a large church. And so they had one staff position for a writer and it was somebody who would, you know, be, um, it was a very creative church. And so, you know, it's not always like that, but this is the kind of church where they would change the whole like design and branding and the sets and the videos, everything would change every few weeks. Mm. So there was a lot of like creative talent needed to, to make that to make that happen. And so I was just literally hired to be a senior writer on staff. That was my job. And I started to, as soon as I got in, because of my experience at art school, I was already very comfortable, like working with designers and people who were building things. And so immediately, like I took that job and started, you know, I was just looking, talk about nosy. I was so nosy with the designers and the people who were like hammering things together. <laughs> um, let me learn. And I, you know, 
So I spent a lot of my time like training and also creating alongside them because what I realized as a creative is people talk about collaborative work a lot. Um, I, which I love, I especially love collaborative work when like you still sort of have a lane. Um, Mm, Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? And so like, we all kind of knew what we had to, you know, what our takeaway was going to be. But when you could work alongside each other, it made it so much better and it cleaned up the process. It was more efficient and it was way more fun. And so, I don't know, I was writing things for printed materials. I was writing scripts um, that would be, you know, used for the video. Mm. I created these um, really immersive prayer experiences, like, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, people would walk through and go into different, like, kind of scenes and um, just spend time with God or process something that was a part of what I was doing. So that kind of became that designing experience type work. Um, We got into the camping events that was all through the church as well. So, you know, we were driving tractors and setting up dumpsters and portalettes and decorating and trying to make it beautiful. (laughs) Um, So it was very hands-on gritty and writing and designing at the same time. I think that is so cool. Uh, Like I said, I I am just fascinated by hearing different unique stories of people using their giftings in such cool ways uh, to to bring people closer to the Lord. Uh, I think it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Okay, I want to shift gears just a little bit. um, And I want to talk about Haven Magazine, mainly because, well, there's a couple of reasons. One, I think it's really cool when you come up with an idea for a print publication, you're like, I'm going to do it. Uh, two, I love anthropology. And so uh, <laughs> the fact that it was an anthropology is really cool. In fact, I worked when I worked retail uh, for a little while back in 2009, 2010, I worked in anthropology. And oh, I, no I know I, 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 <laughs> I, I loved too that there was Many people don't know this, but if you, you know, if you work in anthropology, you would know this. And I think some anthropology, like maybe nerds, is that the word? (laughs) I don't know. Aficionados (laughs) would know this, um, is that they have an entire position on staff. That's like an artist that just designs the windows at anthropology. And the girl that worked on staff at our anthropology, um, here in Durham, was just unbelievably talented. And I just remember I would have conversations mm. with her and I'm just like, what is that like that you, I'm, cause again, I'm not a visual artist. Like I can't, I can't paint. I can't sculpt nothing like that, but she was so talented. I was like, what is this like where your entire job full time, like is to design and create these displays in the window of this store. And she was like, as a kid, she was saying how as a kid, she could have never like she would, you know, paint and color and draw and make things all the time. And it would drive her parents crazy. And she was like, if I had known that one day this would be my full time job, I would just be like, Mom, Dad, this is worth it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, which isn't I just that thought, remarkable. Isn't it? I, yeah. Yes. I love it. And some of my friends have done that job, too. It's I'm so just cool. like, oh, my word, you guys, you blow me away. It's so cool. OK. Yeah. Um. Okay. So to talk to us about like, where did the idea for the magazine come from? What was that journey like? All the things. Okay. So after, oh, and one of the, I should drop back to the church job for a second. So one of the things that I also had to learn to do, um, and I think this is a great skill to have, but it's just learning how to take on other people's voices, right? Like I'm not, not, it's not writing first person for a church. I learned how to write for a brand that was writing for 
um, you know, their demographic was like male in their 20s and 30s. And so I quickly had to learn like how to shift tone and, you know, figure all this stuff out, how to ghostwrite, how to write for a brand that wasn't like, you know, it wasn't just like falling off a log for me. So um, as far as like aesthetics or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, So after years of doing that, I kind of got to a point where I hit a wall and I realized I'm like, what do I sound like? Who, like, if I was choosing something just because I loved it, what would I choose? Not right. because, so that's kind of like that scary point where you're like, I've, I've become a little lost. Um, and then also the point where I decided I was like, well, then I just have to, I'm going to figure that out and I'm going to make something. Um, I wanted to make something concrete. I, I love tangible things. I decided after I had already um, had like, you know, talented friends in Cincinnati, um, photographers and stylists and graphic designers. And I just thought, you know what, we could make something together. I know we could. I know we could make it good enough that it can, you know, be sold off of a shelf. I just felt that. And I really wanted to, I, I do like dream pretty big. And And for me, the big dream was like one day, like I would just want this on the shelf of anthropology because that is such an immersive experience of a store. And I love when books or magazines are alongside other types of objects and textiles and all of this stuff. Um, So that was, that was eventually the goal. We were doing some fundraising for a nonprofit in the meantime. So it had like, it had like really, you know, a lot of mission attached to it. And then just the desire to push other creatives forward. And so that's what Haven Magazine was. Um, The first one was, so we just did two. It was the second one that ended up getting sold by Anthropology. But, you know, the first one I was really proud of. It was like, you know, our blood, sweat, tears version. Um, I thought it was beautiful and heartfelt. And I was so proud of the people that, you know, we'd all kind of created it together and traveled to India and done stuff there for the magazine. And, um, And I ended up talking to, um, I got, so I also have, (laughs) I try really hard, like not in the striving, um, but like I will work really hard to get something somewhere, especially if it's like on behalf of others as well. And so I was like, Molly, any way I could just try to get this in front of the people at Anthropology, I was trying it. For instance, I had like a somewhat related, like a great uncle in Philadelphia. And I was like, can you hand deliver this to their headquarters? Oh my gosh. (laughs) But it has to be wrapped this way. When it comes out of the package, when I mail it to you, can you like, you know, make sure it looks good? You know, so all of these things, all like just trying to get it into the right hands. And eventually it did. And I lucked out by having a great phone conversation with um, a woman who was way high up at anthropology. And she was like, I've looked through this. She's like, there's a lot of raw talent here. And she's like, but you know, you need to be ready to do another version. It's not quite there. And it wasn't, she, it needed some finessing. And she's like, and I think you also need to, she's like, I see your heart in this publication. And I think your heart is home. And I think you're a little afraid to push it further into that because maybe you're worried it won't, you know, hit a mark somewhere or something. But she's like, I think you need to go in the direction that I feel it pulling anyway, which I assume is your heart. And she was right. So I'm, you know, crying on the phone with this woman from anthropology who I've never met. And I took her advice and went back to the drawing board, did a second version. And not that anthropology is the be all end all, but that was a that was a goal to hit. And we hit it. And I was I was proud of that. I think that is the most inspiring story. And honestly, it really encouraging because 
number one, you set this goal for yourself and then you hit it like almost immediately, which is like uh, also makes me kind of hate you a little bit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't actually hate you. I don't. I don't. I think it's incredible. Oh, I, I, because, but what I love is your grit and your tenacity and your ability to say, okay, this is something I want and I'm going to do literally whatever I can to make it happen. And that includes calling my great uncle in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, I just, I love that. And it encourages it. Honestly, I, it's maybe it's even if this word isn't for anybody else, like it, it really encourages me just thinking about some of the things that, you know, I want to do with, you know, as I'm right here in the thick of writing a book for the first time and how kind of terrifying that is, but then also dreams and goals that I have for it. And not because I want to make my name famous, um, but because mm -hmm. I really truly want the people that don't know the freedom um, of what life and, and the joy of what life can be like when you have faith in Christ. Like, I, I want that so badly for so there are people in my life that don't know the Lord and I didn't grow up knowing the Lord and the story of what he did in my life is pretty unique. And so I just like so badly want the people in my life and, and the people that I don't even know that don't know what, what freedom and joy can, can really feel like. I, that's, yeah. that's my motivation is like, it's not to make my name famous <laughs> it's not, yeah. at, at all. Um, and, but I, you know, I have these like crazy, weird, big goals and I, I am sometimes I feel, I, I, I get afraid to say them out loud. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And mm -hmm. so I feel like for, for you, you had this for just this, some, you know, something as simple or as complicated as creating a magazine. And you're like, I want this to be on the stores or on the, the floor of anthropology. And you're like, I'm going to do whatever I can to make that happen. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Um, I know, isn't it strange? Like some stuff you have to work so hard for. Um, <laughs> yes. But when you have, like you said, like when you're, when your goal is out, like, I mean, it's, it's your goal. So it's still a part of you, but like when it, when it lives outside of you, it's so sustaining that way. Like I have, I have found whenever I, I get off course from that, like I realize, man, I don't, well, I don't have the tenacity to go after that. Like, you know, if it's, if it's too inward focused or, um, or just off track, you know, you have to also be choosy on what you're going to run after because running takes a lot of, a lot of capacity, a lot of your time. Um, and then I would say like some stuff like ends up feeling more like falling off a log, you know, um, you work super hard in one direction and then, then a door that you just, just opens. And I'm like, what? I didn't work for that one. And it just opened. I'm going to take a break from my conversation with Liz to thank our partner of the show. And that's Mama Suds. Mama Suds has been around this place for a long time. I'm such a big fan of their products. I've had the head mama, Michelle Smith, on this show. So you can even go back into the archives and listen to that conversation. She's amazing. I love supporting a mama-owned small business, but most of all, her products are legit. Is that what the, do the kids still say that? Do the kids still say legit? Let me just tell you, we have used their products personally in our home for years. Everything from their all-purpose household cleaner to their Castile soap to their toilet bombs, stain stick, all of it. I love it. Not only is every ingredient safe and non-toxic, but they actually are effective. They actually work. We love them. I want you to check them out. Go to mamasuds.com. 
and use the coupon code Molly and that will get you 15% off your order. Now back to my conversation with Liz Bell Young. And so often we look at people's quote unquote success stories and we think it's a overnight success. And, you know, somebody might even hear, oh, well, she got it in, you know, on the floor of anthropology, uh, you know, on the second try. Yeah. So it's an overnight. No, because it was years and years and years of talent and uh, grit and improving your craft and hard, you know, like you said, literal blood, sweat and tears, like pouring into it. And so it's all those things that you don't see. And I, I, I love that meme that sometimes you'll see that goes around the Internet where it talks about like there's a picture of a glacier and you see you know, what you see above the surface might only be a little bit, but all of what's happening beneath the surface is all of that work that goes into your craft and things like that. And I actually had somebody, believe it or not, like in my Instagram DMs say something, I think it was meant to be well-intended, but, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was essentially like kind of being a little passive aggressive about the fact that I'd, I'd gotten a book deal. And, you know, like, Mm. oh, well, congratulations to you, you know, yada, yada. And I'm like, dude, I've been doing this for like 17 years. Like, like I've been writing and grinding and not like, not, I hate that word grinding. Um, But you know what I mean? Like just working behind the scenes, trying to, you know, I started a blog on live journal in 2005. Like, no, you know what I mean? I started my blog on WordPress and, and taught myself how to code and all these things before anybody was ever reading it. And so it's, you know, over a decade of work behind that is the same thing for you. It's like all these things that go into your craft and go into making you better at what you do so that when the opportunity that you've been praying about or dreaming of, or, you know, you know, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call it, when the opportunity comes your way, you're prepared. Absolutely. Oh, so much so. And I, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Cause I, you know, you, especially like, I don't know, a decade ago, you would hear a lot about like, um, you know, all the failures before you get to the success. And I didn't, really identify with that because I wasn't a big, like, I didn't see things as black and white maybe, but I, you know, like, oh, that was a failure. Oh, that was a failure. I didn't Mm -hmm. really see it that way. More just like, oh, I didn't get it that time. Or I didn't get that. I didn't, didn't get accepted by that writing program. Um, that kind of broke my heart. Oh, didn't get that scholarship that I needed. Didn't, you know, all the things that like I didn't get. And then sometimes you, you get it. And I also, I also think, and I, I know Molly, it's like, you kind of, you kind of have to grow up a little bit, I guess. And, but like, just the, just like willing to, to honestly celebrate other people, even if they get it right away, yes. you know, like, yes, <laughs> like thank you. Just be more excited. And like, you know, like that whole, like, there's plenty of space for all of us, thank you know, you. One boat, many rowers. <laughs> yes. Like, I would be okay. Molly, if you just said, I, I just got a book down and I, and I started working on it yesterday. <laughs> exciting. Like what a miracle. We should all be wanting these miracles. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I actually really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Cause you're right. There's, there's totally two sides of the coin and it almost, and we, it's almost like leads us to a, another conversation for another day, but just it's yeah. Almost this poverty mindset of like, yes. well, if, if you have success, then that means that I cannot when that right. is not the case. And, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, I was actually, I was saying to my husband a couple of, uh, actually, well, last week, um, cause my birthday was last week and I went out to, uh, a couple of my friends, uh, surprised me with a, just a dinner. I mean, I, it wasn't like a surprise. It was just more like, Hey, be at this place for dinner, but I didn't know yeah. who was going to be there. Um, if that makes sense. And so, yeah. and I remember I got home and I was just teary eyed and I said, I'm so grateful because I turned 37 and I said, I'm, I'm so grateful for the friendships that I've found in the last few years um, because I, I feel like I'm at the best place I've been in a really long time um, with, mm-hmm. with friends. And because, you know, making friends as an adult is really hard. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I have this group of friends that now I feel like they aren't, there's no competition. It's not like, you know, haves and have nots. It's just a genuine excitement for each other, encouragement of one another, like willingness to have hard conversations or willingness to encourage one another in our marriages or in our businesses, or, you know, we can call each other when we have really hard days. And, you know, I've almost, this is almost like a little bit of a a digression, but the point is, is that, it's so important to not worry about the voices of like the person in my DMS who's like being, that's right. Because it can be really easy, especially as a, I'm raising my hand here as an Enneagram too, to take things like really personally. Um, Mm -hmm. and when I am unhealthy in my, (laughs) in my tunis, um, (laughs) I can, you know, I can really take, take words like that person in my DMS to heart and, and, put more weight on those words than I do the people in my life that actually matter that are cheering me on. And, you know, even if it was a quote unquote overnight success situation, like how much that, you know, that it doesn't matter. Like, let's be, let's encourage each other. Let's cheer for each other. Let's see, let's see each other succeed and do great things. And yeah, anyway, it's a little bit of a digression, but I hope you, you hear what I'm my heart on that. (laughs) Yes. And I am so glad you found those people and that they, and happy birthday. I'm glad they celebrated you. Thanks. You know, I'm, I'm not honestly a big birthday person, (laughs) but I didn't used to be, but now I'm more of the, like, I just want to be with my people on my birthday. Yeah, You know what I mean? You know, anyway, I could, once again, I could go on another, like, because (laughs) so often we get afraid of turning older of, of getting older, you know, I'll be like, I'll hear people be like, I don't want to turn 40, blah, 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 blah. And I think just the last couple of years, uh, some people dear in my life, um, have gone to be with the Lord early. And I think about even as I get closer to the age, my mom was when she died. And Mm -hmm. I think about, um, you know, just all the the loss that we've felt in the last couple of years. And I think, man, growing older is a privilege and not everyone gets to turn 37. And so it's just really shifted my perspective on aging. I'm not saying that I love the fact that it like hurts to turn over in bed sometimes. (laughs) I'm like, why, why does, why do my knees hurt right now? I'm, (laughs) you know, so I'm like feeling the age a little bit. And I feel, I keep thinking like, I'm only 37. Should, should things hurt this much? (laughs) I don't don't know if they're supposed to hurt this much right now, but they do. Um, (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, that was a, a, a oh, little, little bit of a tangent there, but truly, uh, yeah. So I, I think that's why I just birthdays. Now I just see is, you know, I want to be, I want to be yeah. with my people. Yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. I saw something that, Oh man, see, uh, Liz, see, see, this is what happens is what I got. Um, is I saw something the other day and I went, man, you're so right. And it was like, uh, you know, so often the things that we say at funerals should actually be said at birthdays. Um, because we left, we leave a lot of things unsaid and I've tried to do a better job in the last couple of years to just affirm people in my life that I love and tell them like, how they've impacted me or why I love them um, just on a regular basis to just send them a text yes. and be like, Hey, thanks for like always making me laugh or thanks for being there for me when, you know, in this situation or whatever. And this is, I don't know who this is for that is listening right now. My encouragement to you is just right now, like send a text message to somebody in your life that like tell them something that you would say at their funeral. Maybe that sounds really morbid, but <laughs> yep. No, I, yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Total tangent, Lizbell Young. Tangents are fabulous. I, I love rabbit trails. We love it. And my <laughs> listeners that have been around for, I mean, we're, we're in the we're in the the 300s episodes here. The yeah, you're people, safe with them. There's they know. They're just like there there she goes. And I think that's why they hang out is because they just you never know what you're gonna get. Is you just <laughs> I I've interviewed some people that are like super well known, and then I've ended up talking to them about like. Uh, chickens dying, and so it just—you never know. <laughs> you just—it's—it's it's unpredictable. Um, okay, so let's get back to writing conversation because uh, you are writing a book as well, and so I—I want to hear. Can can what can you share with us? Because I don't want you to like you know get, what's <laughs> say the, too much. You don't want to say too much, but you want to like give just enough to get people to be like ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I should have asked Joy what I'm allowed to say. I have no idea. Um, I haven't signed a contract yet, but I found a publisher who I'm Ooh. crazy for and Ooh. we're going to sign soon. So that's really okay. fun. Oh, yeah. You don't have to say who, but you don't have to, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. And it's the book will be called Haven because, you know, that's, that's the umbrella that I put over the work that I care about and the heart that I want to share. And so it's about creating spaces for people with hospitality and with opening your door and with whether that's in conversation or a dinner party or um, any really any number of experiences. I'm still kind of exploring how I'm going to capture that within each chapter. But just this notion of haven and creating calm and steady places for people to sort of, you know, just kind of gather themselves again, step out of the chaos of the day and um, find something sturdy to lean against. This is the kind of stuff that I, you know, my heart just resonates for. Oh, man, we okay. We have so much more in common than I even can begin to tell you. Um, really? I don't even have goats. And I'm excited that you think that. I know. <laughs> <You have> well, <laughs> so, well, our farm is called Sela Farm. And Love the word, word Selah, uh, S-E-L-A-H, um, you know, comes from the book of Psalms and a couple of lines in Habakkuk. Um, and yes. it's this really interesting kind of mysterious word for people that, that don't know. Um, it's this kind of old Hebrew word that really doesn't get used anymore. And a lot of scholars kind of believe that the real meaning of it has been lost in translation over centuries and or millennia. <laughs> and 
Um, But what they believe that it means is, is this idea of pausing, reflecting, resting. um, And, you know, sometimes it's used in a, you know, because it's obviously used a lot throughout the Psalms. And so some people think like, oh, well, maybe it was like a musical direction. But sometimes it's in there in places where it wouldn't necessarily be a musical direction. So it's, Mm. it's, it's kind of this word, but that just hopefully encompasses this idea of breathing, reflecting, resting, and turning back towards the Lord um, in some way, shape, or form. And so we named our farm that um, because that was what we wanted. That was our dream and our vision and our prayer for this farm was that this was a place where people come and they just kind of breathe out. They exhale. Um, and, um, they reflect and, and we wanted people to feel welcome here. And we wanted people to, um, you know, we wanted to open our home, um, to whoever, you know, whether it was having people over for a meal or, um, whatever. And, you know, we've been here a year and a half, a little, I guess a little over a year and a half. Um, and that has been true and even far and above what we could have ever asked or imagined. I mean, we've held some of our church services here, um, which is just like not anything that we would have ever imagined two years ago. Um, yeah. And so that has been so cool to see just the the seed, the beginning of what is going to be possible. And so I can't wait to read your book because that is, you know, it's, it's a process. It's by no, by no means have we arrived. Um, but that is our yeah. goal is, is creating a space, creating a sela um, for people, creating a haven, uh, to use your word for people to come mm-hmm. and, and, and be loved on and feel loved and, um, to rest and, and, you know, have fun and laugh. And, you know, I always yeah. say like a people, a place where you can laugh, cry and laugh till you cry and cry till you laugh. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like feeling all of those ranges of emotions, um, with the people, um, in your place. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, I, I love that. Man, I wish Durham was just a little closer. I'd be over there in half an hour. I know. Uh, <laughs> well, and I, yeah, so I, I think a lot of people, especially right now, um, maybe this has always felt like the case, but just, you know, are, are craving sort of these open arms, open doors. I think we are seeing how much we need that. And the other thing that I, you know, think and care a lot about is just making sure that the pressure is kind of taken off scenarios like that. Like I know with, with this idea of hospitality, a lot of people feel like, you know, well, I don't, I don't have enough or my, you know, my kitchen isn't good enough to bring someone mm. in for a cocktail. Mm-hmm. My, you know, I, or I don't have enough time. Um, I have so many little kids and I can barely make time, you know, for myself. And so I've been thinking about this idea of hospitality with what you have um, and just this idea of like whether whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's, you know, the extra coffee that you brewed in the morning that you can run out to a neighbor who's pulling weeds or the postal worker or um, just being being okay with, okay, this isn't a performance. This is not like a host show. Like this is just about loving people in simple and thoughtful ways with what, with the time that you have, with the space that you have, with the house that you have, with the car that you have. I don't know. Yes. So this stuff is exciting me. (laughs) Have you read Rosaria Butterfield's The Gospel Comes with a House Key? No. Okay. So you, you need to read that. 
Um, and so it's called, yeah, it's called the gospel comes with a house key. It's by Rosaria Butter- Butterfield. She actually, it's funny enough, uh, somebody in Australia recommended a shout out to Sarah Ann. I know she listens to the, the podcast, uh, but Sarah Ann is actually, I think she was the first one to recommend the book to me. And then I started reading the book and Rosaria Butterfield lives in Durham, uh, which I just think is hysterical. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so, and I haven't read any of her other books and there's some stuff in it that I'm like, I kind of like, yeah, you just, you you know, you just kind of sift through and you take, you leave some of the stuff that you're like, "Eh, I don't know about that. But, um, but in general, like it's this idea of this got what gospel centered hospitality, radical hospitality. And like, what does that look like? Um, Mm -hmm. and how do you preach the gospel to people just through simple hospitality, um, you know, opening up your home. And she talks very much about that, about that idea of like, you don't need to have a fancy kitchen. You don't need to have, you know, a a big home, like here's ways that you can show radical hospitality to people. Um, but, uh, it just, it kind of, you're, you're, you, it kind of reminded me of, of that a little bit, um, different, very different, but also just a similar heart behind it, if that makes sense. Um, but yes, that's, oh man, I cannot wait to read your book. And I just, I will say as somebody who's, I've been following you on Instagram for a couple of months now, and just even reading your words in Instagram captions, I can't wait to read your words in a book because you are gifted. You're so, so gifted. Um, and so thank thank you you for your vulnerability and for putting that out there. You're welcome. It's not easy, is it? You it's know, it's not. It's not. It is not. It's sometimes I'd rather like, be in a shell, but it's okay. Yeah. Okay, Liz. Uh, I know we're running out of time, but I want to um, get to our. I want. I want to get to our get to know you round. But before we do that, um, is there any just kind of like last words of wisdom? Just things you're working on. Just what do you want to? How do you want people to connect with you? Any or all of the above? Oh. Somebody could send me um, nail polish for my other nine nails. <laughs> I, if if I had a bell you. right now, I would be like, ding, 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 ding. You just made the perfect callback. We don't even, we can just end right there. That was amazing. I love it so much. I'm actually going to, I'm going to mail you nail polish. Um, what color was it? Tell us. Um, it's lavender. lavender. It's so pretty. It's just, I can't even tell you the name because the bottle's gone. I love it so much. <laughs> Liz, oh, this is fantastic. Okay, so and for the listeners, I will have Liz's con- um, contact her, her contact information, her mailing address, her cell phone, all of that. Right. I'm just kidding. I meant like your socials, your webs, uh, your um, you know how to connect with you on Al Gore's internet. Uh, I will have that in the show notes. Um, Liz, this is the portion of the show where we ask some just fun, lighthearted, get to know you questions. Not that we haven't already been getting to know you over the last fifty minutes, but now. Uh, we ask some fun questions. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. Question number one of all of your pet peeves, which one is the strangest? <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, um, water on public bathroom sinks. Oh, like I always yes. wipe that up. Yeah. I feel so sad when it's covered, yeah. you know, that's uncomfortable for people. Wipe, wipe up your water, wipe up your water, clean <laughs> up after yourself. Mine is like my equivalent of that. I mean, that also drives me crazy, but mine is like the people who won't put their shopping carts back. Um, oh. so, but like, that's like the same. It's like, yeah. it's like, why, why'd you leave your shopping cart on this median when there is a, a cart corral? Right there. We could just, oh gosh, just push I know. It. I just pretend that all of those people have babies in the car and they can't go far mm-hmm. and they already like loaded them. <laughs> <laughs> You're so much nicer than me. Um, okay. Question number uh, two. 
What song do you have to sing along with when you hear it? Oh, that's great. I, man, I've been loving Penny and Sparrow. I don't mm. know if you listen to them. Um, Eloise, man, Bon Iver. There's so many that I, I sing a lot. Our, our car is a lot of singing. So I'm not very good at that question because I could just rattle off, you know, 20. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay. Um, what was your favorite TV show to watch growing up? Oh, um, am I allowed to say as a teenager? Yeah. Yes. I loved Felicity, Carrie Russell. She was like artsy, you know, then went to college and you followed her journey. I mean, all nighters for me watching that. So good. Yes. That, that man, that really sends me back. That's a throwback. (laughs) Love it. I'm also like 10 years older than you. Uh, No, it's okay. But I, I mean, I remember it. I I remember Felicity. (laughs) It's cool. I like it. I'm here for it. Um, Okay. And then my last question is the question I ask all my guests. And that is Liz, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Okay. I think it means paying attention to the Holy Spirit for redirection. And that has to require holding it fairly lightly. And I, even though I've talked about like working really hard and running hard, which I, when I, which I will do and do do, I also feel like it's very critical if you're going to run a business with purpose to just to, to listen, you know? Absolutely. So good. Liz, this has been so much fun. Such a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your patience. Uh, Thank you for going down rabbit trails with me. You are a joy and a delight. And I'm grateful for you. Thanks, Molly. This was a lot of fun for me too. Gosh, Liz is phenomenal. Such a big fan of hers. She, I cannot wait to read her book, Haven. I don't know when it comes out, but I will be sure to let you guys know uh, when it does. I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. Will you let me know on social media? You can tag me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to give Liz some love. I will have all of her information in the show notes. As always, thank you for listening and tuning in week in and week out. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen and click that subscribe or follow button to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you just take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review really does help the show and it helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. Thank you to the team at Third Wheel Media for producing the show. And as always, go do something good with purpose on purpose.